This episode is brought to you by Uncharted Veterinary Conference. Learn more at unchartedvet.com. Today on the podcast, I have to be a little honest, I am a little starstruck. I want to give a huge welcome to my guest today, Dr. Jessica Vogelsang. So for those of you unfamiliar with Dr. V, she is an incredibly talented author, a speaker, practicing veterinarian. She's based out of San Diego, California. She's the founder of PawCurious.com, and she's the editorial director for DrAndyRourke.com and is a regular contributing author to publications such as DVM360, Good Dog Magazine, Pet Finder, and many more. And in 2015, she published her memoir, All Dogs Go to Kevin. Today's episode is all about storytelling. So before you ask yourself, why the heck are we talking about storytelling on a veterinary podcast? Hear me out. We tell stories every day. We probably just don't recognize it. Stories are a great way to identify with our clients, to educate them, and to build trust. That's a big one. Being able to convey a great story is an incredibly valuable skill to have as a veterinarian, and I'm very excited for Dr. V to tell us why and to give us a few tips and inspiration on how to become a better storyteller. All right, Dr. V, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Thank you. I'm such a big fan of everything you're doing online and especially your book. So um, I'm really excited to pick your brain today. So the topic that I wanted to discuss with you is storytelling, which is something that you do very, very well and something that you speak about a lot. And I was at some of your uh, talks at the Uncharted Veterinary Conference, which is where we're recording this. And it's definitely something I don't think that we talk a lot about in veterinary school. And it's something that I didn't realize until I started looking more into storytelling about how important that is to our profession. Absolutely. So that's what I wanted to pick your brain about. So before I do, would you mind just telling us a bit about your background and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from Davis in 2002, and I actually started my first, it wasn't a blog, because blogs didn't exist, right. but I was on a message board called Wedding Channel. And so everybody else was posting about um, like their dresses and their shoes, and I'm like, hey, whatever, but let me tell you about my path rotation. So I had this crazy a message board discussion about what I was experiencing in mm-hmm. vet school, because I, I thought it was interesting. And as I found out, um, many of my friends were like, what? So that was sort of my first um, taste of the, the way that you can get people engaged in your life mm-hmm. and in what you're doing. And so as things grew from there, I went into general practice and I started um, the blog because I really, well, there were two things. Um, there was not a lot of information out there on the web at the time at all. Mm-hmm. you know. So I wanted to put some health information out there, but I also really just sort of wanted to humanize who we are and, and what we do. And over time, my writing that I've done on my personal blog has focused even more and more on that because I think we have um, a bit of an image issue in the profession that wasn't there a while back. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've done different things in terms of my clinical practice. I did general, emergency, hospice. I do marketing consulting now, but the storytelling thread has been a constant through that. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that storytelling is so important for us? I, I, I mean, I don't think that veterinarians in general, at least new veterinarians and veterinary students, 
we don't put that together that storytelling is part of this industry and this profession also. Yeah, so uh, storytelling is important because we talk a lot about concepts. We talk about medical concepts, about the sort of generic pets who get diabetes or this, that, and the other. And so in order to really get your brain to engage and empathize with what you're trying to discuss, story takes the concepts and makes it real and concrete. So when you're discussing anything, and in our case, we're talking mostly about how you take care of your pet with this issue, mm -hmm. I always refer back to another patient who is experiencing these same things. Or if, if it's a client compliance issue and they're having struggle pilling their cat, I talk about my own issues with that because what it does is it takes the person out of trying to think in terms of the, the theoretical and making it really, really concrete. They mm -hmm. can visualize this. They they have this empathy for this one specific instance of what I'm trying to discuss. And so it just, it, it makes people more vested in what you're trying to get them to understand, to frame it. And that's really what storytelling is about, framing and giving context to, to the idea that you're trying to communicate. Right. So can you give us a, a quick example of a story that we could potentially be be sharing in an exam room if let's say we're a, a general practitioner for example like just something to give people an idea of of how a story can be incorporated into your daily practice well, I have lots and lots of stories, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> over time, they sort of build up. I, I think probably one of the most, the common ones that I've been using a lot, um, when you're talking about dental disease and chronic pain, if you try to explain to somebody who has an arthritic dog that they're painful, they, they won't believe you. He's slowing down. Mm -hmm. He doesn't yelp when he walks. He's not in pain. And so you really have to try and give them specific examples of what you're talking about. So I say, you know, I have a bad back. I messed up my back a while ago picking up an 80 pound golden retriever, which you should not do without help, yep. by the way. <laughs> um, so so I did that and I said, you know, can you tell that I'm in a lot of pain right now? I'm like, no, I was like, because no, I don't I don't walk around going, oh my God, my back. and neither do dogs. That's right. not what they do. They're, they're just a little slow, just like we are. And so they're like, oh. And then you take it one step further and say, you know, I had this dog, it was just like that. Um, and we, we started him on these things, and the owner calls back and says, oh my God, it's, he's like a puppy again. Right. I just thought he was getting old. And so all they need is that one example to get the visual in their head, and then everything clicks. It's the same with dental disease, right? You can have a dog with a mouthful of rotting teeth, and they're like, well, he's still eating. I was just gonna say. It's like, no, yep. well, yeah, he's not dead, so yes, he's still eating. That doesn't mean he's enjoying it, and so, you know, you you do the um, you do the dental. You pull out the seventeen teeth. That this happened to me. The first time it happened to me, it was such an eye opener. It was um, a fifteen year old dachshund, and we mm -hmm. did. We pulled seventeen teeth. Wow! And we were still learning about pain management at the time. So you know, NSAIDs were optional. I'm like, no, let's try this. You know, and then two days later, and the woman was crying. Like, I have my dog back. I just thought, I thought this behavior change was permanent. I didn't realize that there was something that I could do to get back my old dog. Right. And so when they hear that, they they start to imagine, could this be the case with my dog? Could I go back, or my cat, could I go back to where we were you know, a few years ago when he was um, active and, and energetic? Is there something more than just, it happens when you get old? And the answer is yes, right. there, there is more. Sure, cool. So let's talk about building a story. Because I, I know for me, when I first, started to open my eyes about storytelling and how important it is, I was like, oh, it's a story, I can tell a story, like, it's easy. But when you actually try it, 
yeah, it's that's not easy. So, <laughs> what's for for us beginners out there and, and just starting to think about this? What's what's a good formula, a good approach to kind of just starting to build stories to add to your repertoire? Um, you know, honestly, I I think you know we're veterinarians and we like to be very systematic A B C D. Everybody has a slightly different style, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, I. Some people are very deadpan. Um, some people like to use a lot of humor. And so I, you don't want to get too caught up in trying to emulate how somebody else tells stories. And for me, you know, I've grown. I, I tell stories you know, orally. I, I write. Um, and I, I think the reason that I've been successful in that is that I've always been very, very true to my own voice. And so if I could give anybody any advice about storytelling more than anything else is, is find your voice and be okay with using that because we really um, get ourselves in a pickle when we start trying to, to tell a story like somebody else would mm-hmm. and it doesn't ring authentic. Sure. you know. And so um, the things that make you happy, I when I get excited and enthusiastic, my voice gets higher. And, and I start to do that and I tried to tamp that down for a while but that that's who I am and people pick up on that right. on that enthusiasm and so whatever that is for you you tap into that I mean there's people that are so serious and it wouldn't work if they tried to not be that way right. so I think authenticity is more important than technique when it comes to how you choose to tell your story um, in general. Now, I, I do think, particularly in the context of using your storytelling at work, you do want to keep your the point of your story in mind, right? Mm-hmm. You are doing this because you want to communicate dental disease, and we tend to get bogged down in the details. Like, oh, no, wait, it was, it was a 15, no, a 16, the, the dachshund, I don't remember if the owner was a man or woman. You only have a certain amount of time to get right. your message across, and so, you know, focus on that, and when you're writing, it, it doesn't matter so much. But when you're talking to somebody, you know, keep an eye on whether or not they're engaging with you. And this is something that it just takes practice to be able to see how your client is interacting with you. But I think when you don't have that training and you're first in practice, you're just talking to the client because you only know one way to do it, right? You're trying right. to communicate a certain amount of information. And so you don't need to feel like, you have to get it right, right outside the gate. But try to be paying attention um, to how they're responding to what you're saying. And then over time, you're like, okay, I gotta wrap it up. Um, or they're gonna need a little bit more out of me here. And so right. that's something that takes time and practice. But you can get, anybody can get there. Right, and it reminds me of a tip that I learned in school about using storytelling, which I didn't really think about it as storytelling, but uh, it's regarding diabetes and, um, when they teach us how to explain that to a client and and what treatment entails and prognosis and and you know so on and so forth, uh, but then someone said, well, why don't you ask the client if they know anyone that has diabetes mm-hmm. or if they have diabetes themselves, uh, and then you can I may kind not of ask that. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, yeah, sir. Yeah. Do you have diabetes? <laughs> um, so and using that as kind of a way to kickstart. Mm-hmm. Uh, a story for their understanding because they're not going to understand the the passive pathophysiology of diabetes mellitus and, and how it affects all these different body systems but they will understand or they will be able to relate to um uh an experience they've had or experience that someone else has had in their life so i think that all kind of ties to this 
concept of using stories to help our our clients relate to to what we're trying to educate them about. Yeah, it's true. And and you'll note when I was talking about chronic pain, I didn't start with the pet as an example. I started with myself right. um, because I think people naturally empathize more with, with another person than they do with a pet. That's mm-hmm. just how, how we um, react to things. And so we're trained so often, like don't anthropomorphize, don't anthropomorphize. It is okay in this case, mm-hmm. because you are trying to create that that bridge, um, particularly with medical stuff. It, it is, it's true. It, it's a very, very good way to do it. And oftentimes um, people will ask me questions like, you know, do dogs get headaches? I'm like, well, Probably, right. like think about why wouldn't they, you know, and think about how you feel when you have a headache. Like this dog has a brain tumor, he probably has a headache. You know, we know people do. Right. Um, in end of life care, we know that people with, um, you know, renal failure feel this way, that one, the other. We can't ask them how they're feeling, but we can ask people. And I think using that as a bridge, you know, we, we tend to get so caught up in the certainty. We don't know for a fact. It's like, that's you don't need to know. Right. You just need to know that it's very likely. And that's the tool that you use to get the person to go along with the recommendations that they should be following. Sure. Cool. So taking a step aside from, from our storytelling, I wanted to, um, as a kind of a last topic here, ask you about recommendations for things to be reading or things to be um, watching for that matter for vet students or the things that are out now that that you've read or that you've um, shared with other people that you think would be beneficial for veterinary students and and new graduates to to be reading I will tell you I mean this really isn't about storytelling at all but it's it's about communication there's a lot of discussion right now about like telemedicine and in mm-hmm. the future of where veterinary medicine is going. I have always practiced from the perspective of the, a collaborative approach with my patients. And, you know, early aughts were a transitional phase from sort of this paternalistic model to a collaborative model. And mm-hmm. you guys are coming into a world where that is the expectation, you know, and you may have mentors and guides who are very, um, prescriptive in, right. in how they talk to their clients. And and you're not gonna be because you don't have enough of a breadth of knowledge um, to be able to, to do that confidently yet. But the awesome thing about that is you don't need to be. Sure. You know, you, you're giving suggestions and if people can sense that from you, you're it's actually going to be very, very fulfilling in terms of your relationship. So there are books about um, the future of medicine and I will, I can email you the title of the one I'm reading because I can't think of it off the top of my head. But th- this is one of my favorite stories about um, me when I was a new grad. So th- there was a whole set of circumstances. It was kind of a nightmare and I was practicing by myself a couple months out of school. And after a year, this was a big um, corporate practice, I found out that we'd won an award for like the highest client loyalty nationally. Wow. And my medical director called me and it's like, I can't, but I, I don't get it. I was like, me neither. He's like, you're not the best doctor. I'm like, <laughs> I know. But I was apparently the most honest. Sure. Always, always, always told people like, look, um, this is what I think, this is what I know, this is what I don't know. and. It's funny how rare that seemed Mm -hmm. to have been, um, but people really, really liked that transparency. So you hear a lot of the fake it till you make it. That's the advice I was always given. And in some circumstances, yes, but if you are really waffling, like it is okay 
to not be 100% confident. That's okay because right. you'll get there and and you will get you'll have the right clients because you don't ever want them to be in a position where they're thinking, "I thought you knew how to do this." And right. you're like, "Oh, it, it's it's okay. People will accept those things and they will accept uncertainty in the outcomes if they feel that you're being honest and you're honestly doing things for the right things. So I always remember that, like, you know, loyalty is not about outcomes. It's about um, your willingness to be collaborative. Right, and I think it comes down to trust also. Yep. And um, it reminds me of one of the, the, the phrases one of my mentors taught me is that, like you said, it's okay to not know something, but from schooling and our experiences, we know where to look it up. So yep. it's okay to say, you know what, I don't really know, I'm not really sure, but I'm gonna go just double check and I'm gonna find out for you and I'm gonna let you know. And yeah. that's totally fine. People love that. You know, uh, um, when my son was three, he had an allergic reaction to penicillin. So we're sitting there in the ER and the one doctor gave us um, Benadryl, it was not nearly enough. And I'm looking at him like, I'm not really sure. So of course he didn't get better, the rash got worse, we came back later. And this is another doctor now. So she goes in the back and she looks it up on WebMD. Mm -hmm. And she's like, come here, I got it. look at this rash, it looks just like his. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, like I appreciate that you had to look up the answer. I don't know that I needed to see it was WebMD. Right. But, you know, so there's a balance sure. for sure. But I, I appreciate that she did that because doctor number one did not give us the resolution that we needed and right. she did. Right, absolutely. All right, well, Dr. V, it's been Awesome to have you on, A really uh, an honor to have you on the podcast. Um, but before we go, where can we all go and find out a little bit more about what you're doing and, and your projects? So um, my personal website, which goes back all the way to 2009, if you want to see the evolution of a writer, um, is pawcurious.com. So mm -hmm. P-A-W-C-U-R-I-O-U-S, that's my personal blog. Um, but I do also manage the content um, for Dr. Andy Work in Uncharted. We love hearing from veterinary students about your um, issues struggles, needs from the community. So if any of you have an interest in writing and want to contribute, please do reach out to me. I, Your ideas and your, your opinions, it's not just about your potential, it's about what you're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that. And we want to know as a community how we can help you be successful. So please reach out and share your stories as Terrific. they are right now. Terrific. Thank you. And I will also plug your book, your memoir, All Dogs Go to Kevin. I, I've had a copy in my house for the past like six months or a year and haven't had uh, a chance to sit down with it, but I finally did. And God had, I wish I had sat down earlier. Such a great book, especially for vet students that are, that maybe feel that they're burning out with school, that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, your ability to capture our attention uh, and with your writing and your experiences is just great. So thank you um, so much. I appreciate so definitely that. pick it up if you haven't uh, read it. Um, I give it two thumbs up. Yay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. V. It's been great. And um, we will talk to you soon. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. And thank you for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think about the podcast. For resources and more information, please check us out at www.vetschoolunleashed.com or find me on Instagram at Seth the Almost Vet. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's podcast, and I'd also love to hear any suggestions or topics you want to hear us talk about. Even reach out if you want to be on the podcast and share some insight of your own. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM.